Hi, this is John Ball from Points of Change. As the show's about to start, I want to just let you know that at the end of the show, towards the end of the show, I get set a challenge by my guest, and I accepted that challenge. And I am at time of recording, over 30 days into it. Now, I am gonna be bringing my guest back again at the end of my challenge. Once I've completed it, we're gonna have a chat about what's happened, what I've noticed. If you wanna find out what that challenge was, if you want to try it out for yourself, uh, then listen to the whole show, stay on to the end, and we'll tell you also how you can connect with Ruri and take up the challenge yourself. So, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Points of Change Live. I am joined today with a special guest, Rory Fairbens. Hello, Rory. Hello, John. Thank you for having me on. I'm really delighted to be speaking to you, and we're going to be discussing your your experiences and whether there is life after beer and, and how good it could even be if there is such a thing. Uh, I've heard stories. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into this with you. So we'll talk about this after the titles. Welcome to Points of Change, the show where week by week I will be chatting with coaches, mentors, experts, change makers, people who have achieved or are helping other people to achieve incredible transformations in life, business, health, relationships or any area. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and never miss an episode to find your points of change. So, Rory, tell us uh, for for the audience and to, for a bit more for myself as well, because I know we, we have spoken and been introduced, but um, what it is you do and why you're doing it. Yes. Uh, well, my name's Rory Fairparents. I am CEO and co-founder of One Year No Beer, which is a behavior change platform to help anyone change their relationship with alcohol. Uh, why am I doing it? Good question. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> no. Um, well, through my own experience, um, not of being a problem drinker, actually quite the opposite. Um, I, uh, I I started meditating and got this thought that alcohol is causing me more trouble than I realize, took a break from alcohol, and uh, was just blown away by all the areas of my life improved. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get into all of that. But um, now I'm in about helping everyone realize all the advantages and the benefits of taking a break from booze. Mm. So I, I did Google you when we first spoke, and uh, I was interesting that, interested that there was a, a newspaper article about about you. Uh, could you could you tell us about? That? Is it okay to talk about that? Uh, which one? There's loads. Oh, on a train. <laughs> it was something on a train. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, the but I think that the train incident was trying to refer to the amount of stupid things I've done drunk, um, and the train incident is one of a plethora. Um, you know, I was a very sociable person. Um, alcohol was part of my um, work at the time because I was an oil broker and you know living in London, and so alcohol was very central to that. Um, you know, in fact, so much so that when I thought about taking a break from booze, my boss told me I was committing commercial suicide if I stopped drinking. Um, so, you know, alcohol fueled the city for, I mean, for decades, that's no secret. Yeah. And, you know, there are many industries out there where if you want to get hired or if you want to get promoted or if you want to get any of these things, most of it's done in the pub, the creative industry, they're all drinking to get their creative juices floating, you know, so that was just how it was done. In terms of crazy stuff I did when I was drunk, I mean, I've surfed on top of a car drunk and the car turned right and I didn't. Um, I lost all my front teeth, most of the skin of my arm, um, but still managed to make it to the Caribbean the next day on a family holiday. 
Um, but, um, you know, there are, I could go on and on, you know, um, wrote off multiple cars living on the Isle of Mull. That's what you did. You, you had a few drinks and you drove around on, on the Isle of Mull because, you know, they didn't really have drink driving laws on a small island in Scotland <laughs> when I was growing up. Um, so the article in, you're specifically talking about talks about the time when I came home from a particularly long lunch, thought it was a fun idea to stick my head out the train and um, traveling at, what, 80, 90, 100 miles an hour coming out of Paddington um, with my head flapping around and, um, you know, send it back to the boys back at the office for a giggle. I mean, I was hammered, drunk, the train was full. Um, and, um, you know, that that obviously was hilarity. Everyone thought it was funny you know, everything else. But the reality is, well, no, there are multiple people who've died from sticking their head out the window. A guy was decapitated on his way into Gatwick for sticking his head out the window. People have died doing that. It's incredibly stupid. I have a family at home. Um, but those are some of the things that we do when we're drunk. And okay, you might not have stuck your head out of the window, but did you wake up the next day and go, oh my God, what did I say to that person? Or what did I do there? Or I lost my rag? Or what did I buy? Or what did I, I can't even remember what I did. You know, some interesting research is showing that nearly 80% of students are experiencing regular blackouts. What's a blackout? That's when you can't remember what you did the previous night. Hands up, who hasn't remembered what they did the previous night before? Well, what situation could you have got yourself into? So I think the thing is, that that piece of that story and that piece is really to reflect or hopefully for everyone to reflect rather than going oh wow he's really crazy it's more like what are the things we've all done that we just sweep under the carpet as you know what it was just a bit of fun while drunk was it if you got away with it i guess it is <laughs> not, not everyone's so lucky right getting away with it all messed up by james that was like a that was like a theme tune to my life for decades <laughs> so you, you mentioned that you you had a, a realization while whilst meditating but i mean there, there must have been things that that led up to that but what was the real point of change for you yeah okay so um the points of change um i guess were the thing because there were a multitude of things which led up to led up to the point where i really took that decision to take a break from alcohol so um the the you know i was in a very tumultuous relationship and it was like that from the get-go um you know our friends used to say um our friends used to say oh my god if you want to see some drama am amateur dramatics just get ruri and jen on a night out because there would be you know huge explosions and through our marriage we've worked extremely hard on trying to be together in fact if you look at our two personality types it says you two are probably not going to get on so we've had to work extremely hard in our marriage now you know i love my wife she's an incredibly strong she's a viking shield maiden so she wasn't going to put up with my uh, my antics right you know viking shield maiden were you know they slaughtered their husbands if they didn't behave so um I, i'm sure she i didn't know that actually <laughs> To, to a degree. I mean, ultimately, the Viking females fought side by side with the males. That They were 100% equal. Um, and, um, you know, so for Jen, that's how she always was in the relationship. And, you know, my job required that I would go out and sometimes on a Tuesday and I might go out for lunch on a Tuesday and I might not get home till three o'clock in the morning. But, you know, that was what happened in the industry. It wasn't every Tuesday. It might be once a month or a couple of times a month. But those things started to wear thin. And there were a number of points in that. So we had all of this, we were doing couples counseling and she thought it was the job and I thought it was her anger issues and all of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, 
And um, there were, you know, I also got introduced to this thing called Headspace and I started meditating on the train. And I was thinking, you know what? I think alcohol is causing me more trouble than I realized. And at the same time, so if I wind back three months previously, my wife had basically said after a night, particular night out, five o'clock in the morning or, you know, three o'clock in the morning, whatever, coming home, she was like, that's it. I'm going to be in Sweden with our daughter. You can sort yourself out. And she disappeared off um, to Sweden as she would. She wanted me to change. And standing on the other side, I wanted her to change. I was like, you're the most angry woman on the planet. You shout at everything. No wonder I don't want to come home. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'd much rather stay in the pub with my mates. So right. there was this absolute loggerhead. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to take the step to try and undercover this anger in our relationship. So I took an anger management um, course. And on that course, it told me that alcohol and caffeine were the two biggest instigators of uh, anger. So I said, right, fine. During this 90-day program, I'm going to drop both of those. Mm. And that's really where all of that you know, process of change had started. Because then I started on the journey of not drinking and the awakening was unbelievable, right? So I thought that, I thought that not drinking was hide away from society. Nobody's going to love you anymore. You're committing commercial suicide. Is your wife going to still love you? You're basically boring. Go and stand over in the boring corner because you're somebody who doesn't drink. That's what I believe not drinking was. Right. And yet the truth was, here I was fitter, faster, healthier, happier, better dad, better husband. I was way more productive, like not just slightly productive because you're given energy and clarity. And inside that, you're also given this right renewed purpose. You get reconnected to your purpose. You're not numbing your life anymore. And so those two added into, well, hangovers, sorry, drinking takes time. Hangover takes even more. Suddenly you're doing way more of what is important to you in life. So it's a different kind of productivity. Um, and um, so, I, I mean, I, I could wax lyrical for a long time about all of the advantages and the benefits, right. but I think that was the key part for me. It was, I was like, this is the complete opposite of what I thought the experience was. And then there came the question, how do I help more people realize the advantages and the benefits of taking a break from booze? Because here's something I know, it doesn't matter how many times you tell somebody, they will still be sat there going, no, 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 hang on a minute. Alcohol's great. It helps me relax. It helps me have fun. It helps me unwind from the day. Mummy wine time. You know, how do I get through it? It's the only way I do deals. How can I be an entrepreneur without drinking? All of that nonsense. I know what. Let's just create it as a challenge, right? So, so it doesn't matter how much you're drinking because we're going to get into that shortly, John. You were like, oh, but I only, we can talk about it in a minute. You said, but I'd only have a wine on a Friday or I only have, so this doesn't apply to me, which is what everybody does. They go, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not one of those people. I don't drink too, you know, I don't have a problem. You must be one of those people. And I'm like, no, actually, what I'm saying is that anybody who's drinking more than three glasses of wine a week, that's pretty much everyone, let's be honest. Anyone who's drinking more than three glasses of wine a week will probably have a huge transformation if they change their relationship with alcohol, right? And so what are the, some of the huge transformations? Well, we had the world's one of the world's top productivity coaches who came and did our program, and he, uh, uh, gurus. And he came and did our program, and he said, Ruri, I've spent a, two decades trying to find 2 to 5% optimizations in productivity. You just gave me 20%. We had a well-known entrepreneur in the UK who said, Ruri, I've just realized I spent the last decade working on 80%, right? I could go, we had a, a guy in Dubai who had five rounds of IVF who said the, the, the doctors said they were impossible for him to get pregnant naturally because he had too low a swim count. 
100 days into our challenge, they're pregnant naturally. I'm going to go through so many lists of anxiety, depression, lifelong anxiety, on medication, seeing psychiatrists, talking to GPs. No one ever said, cut down your alcohol. All she was drinking was half a glass of wine a day. And that was enough to give her huge amounts of anxiety. And she's, you know, within 60 odd days of doing our challenge, she got rid of her medication. She's never going back to it again. So this is the, the point we're saying is it doesn't matter how much you drink. It doesn't matter three glasses of wine a week. If you're regularly, it doesn't matter how much you drink. As long as you're regularly drinking, this challenge will probably change your life. Therefore, it's worth giving it a shot, surely. If there's multiple benefits to it, it's certainly a bit more intriguing, right? I mean, I, I know that... Um... You also live it. You also live in Spain, and uh, so you're probably uh, aware, similarly to myself, that the the cost of being able to afford alcohol here it, it costs much less. So it's mm. easier. <laughs> you know, you can. I wouldn't you can know. Get, <laughs> buy, <laughs> okay, you don't, you don't buy, but uh, you maybe see in I the do. supermarkets at least. And uh, you know, a decent bottle of wine here is is much less than it is in the UK, for example. Um, so you can get much more comfortably. <laughs> drunk and i know that a lot of the people who move particularly from the uk to to spain and places like this end up getting into this sort of drinking culture as well often because they yeah. come here to retire and there's not a lot else to do um but yeah. you don't you, also you, you, sorry no i was just gonna say also that link with the sunshine you know when yeah. the sun shines in the uk you have a drink except it's always sunning in spain so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like even today it's like first of february and it's uh, the sun shining outside yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although, although nowhere's nowhere's open, so you have to go <laughs> go and buy your own and take it somewhere. But um, yeah, it's it's absolutely that. So then the culture is very much set up for that. Uh, and I know that I I probably found myself not not getting drunk every night, but probably drinking at least a glass of wine every night or, or two glasses around when I first came here, and realized pretty quickly that that was it was having bad effects, uh, weight gain amongst other things, uh, uh, a bit of lethargy. And um, so I, I started, I did start challenging myself not to go, but I didn't go a year or 90 days. I think I just thought I need to show myself I can go at least a month without drinking alcohol just to, to, uh, to prove to myself that I can actually do that. And I did, and it was fine. And, uh, and, and even just a month, that probably changed a bit my relationship with alcohol. Of like, I really do not need to, do not need this every day, every evening. Um, and and I think that's why I came back to sort of, okay, I still have some glasses of wine at the weekends and and still probably drink more than I should. But you, know, you, you do tend to think of it when you come to sort of seeing someone say, well, why why not drink as to just, well, it's just stopping that and stopping the, the, that social thing and that side of your life. And you, you don't, people generally don't think about, well, what you might potentially gain from that. It doesn't get talked about very much. No. Exactly. Um, so it, instead, it, it it doesn't get talked about all of that high advantages thing. And also, the big part is that the there was a problem, right? So you had people who were okay. And as Jules has said, rightly there, you know, five pints of Guinness a night, you could be drinking five pints of Guinness a night, and still be okay, because you can go into work, and you can still perform. And you're like, hey, but I'm okay. I'm in the okay bracket, right? I'm not over there and then you've got over there and that's the problem bracket and that's where you have to go down there down that hole and you have to be stigmatized for the rest of your life and you're in recovery forevermore because you have a problem and stay there and we were like well hang on a minute that's nonsense we're right in between here we're in we're actually going to move over to into that area where actually a lot of people would normally go into that um i have a problem place who are drinking very heavily and include a lot of people who've not even thought like they just have no idea 
the impact alcohol is having on their life. And so now we've created this much wider segment where it doesn't matter to have a problem or not. All we're talking about is all these advantages. We're talking about trying to be better in your business, trying to be better in your relationships, trying to be calmer, being able to deal with your kids more, uh, reduced anxiety, um, lose weight. I mean, one of the things I asked the other day was, I asked into our community, what reasons would you give somebody to, um, what one reason would you give to somebody to take this challenge in 2021? And that post has over 500 comments. When we cut it out, there's 200 individual things and we're talking about things like lowered my blood pressure right uh reduce my cholesterol okay so this health side of things but then you're talking about just so many other and i'm like if we could try and condense this to people to say hey look these are the things that you are most likely to get by coming to change your relationship with alcohol i mean people talking about saying I feel like myself again, and I haven't felt that way since I was 12, right? What does it feel like to suddenly be reconnected at a deep, authentic level to yourself, right? And then people who think, you know, yeah, but I'm going through life. I, I feel like I'm an eight out of 10. I feel good. But imagine realizing that you were at five out of 10 all along, and all it took was a break from booze. So yeah. that's one thing. And then there's other thing that there's this culture of taking a break or giving up alcohol. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to shoot giving up alcohol right now in the head, because that is not what we do. There is nothing to give up and everything to gain, okay? So we have to rethink the mindset about this. We've been told that not drinking is something of deprivation, of like needing, needing to have, um, Willpower, there's the word. You need to have willpower, resisting, avoiding my social circle, being boring, hating it, going on Twitter and moaning about how miserable the month is and how boring it is and you've cancelled your social circle and I can't wait for the first of month so I can go and get absolutely smashed to bits again. All that does is reaffirm the limiting belief that alcohol was pertinent to your life. Right. So what we've got to do is we've got to go through a period and, and for most people, an extended period. I'll come on to that. But we've got to go through a period of actually changing our relationship with alcohol. Right. So what does that mean? OK, so everyone's relationship with alcohol is different throughout all the way through our life since we were, you know, nappies. We've been watching. We've been programmed. We've been believing that alcohol is pertinent to, you know, celebration, commiseration, congratulation. In our younger teens, it was about fitting in and belonging, right? Now, this is one of the most powerful ones because now everything we do in life is about whether this brings us up or down in status, okay? And now all of a sudden we're thinking about not drinking, but you're like, whoa, I mean, that's taking me down in status. I don't want to do that. So that's a very visceral, that's a really strong um, um, subconscious messaging there, which controls whether our decision of to do this or not. Second things are, you know, as we, the sense of belonging, as I mentioned, tribalism, having fun, you know, um, going into university, meeting our partner, getting laid, having a good time, fun, alcohol's fun, alcohol equals success, alcohol equals relaxation, alcohol equals unwinding, right? Now we've got to do, we've got to change that math. Right. So I come at the end of the day and it's like, oh, I really need a drink Friday night. Why do you need a drink on Friday night? Right. Well, because I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating the week and I'm unwinding and I'm and I'm separating from the week. OK, so hang on a second. You're drinking something which increases anxiety and depression and fosters senses of hopelessness, which is what alcohol does for the following three to whatever, 10 days afterwards. To, to celebrate having a busy week and needing to unwind. Can you see how mad that is? 
Can you see yeah. how, like, like if aliens flew down and they were like, what is that? Why? It, what? That doesn't make sense. So, so, but what we've got to do is say, well, what is it I do need? I get to Friday, I need to unwind. Well, exercise, I need to release some dopamine. Uh, meditation helps me switch off that gap from the week and do it. How else could I celebrate? Well, why not open a really nice alcohol-free beer, right? If beer is your thing, open up a couple of alcohol-free beers, connect. You know, when they did some research for Stanford University, they showed students, put them brain imaging software, gave them half of them a placebo, alcohol-free beer. The half that were having alcohol-free beer were still showing signs of being drunk, um, even though they were drinking alcohol-free beer. And that's why we really advocate these alcohol-free alternatives, because mm -hmm. you're going to come at the end of the day, you're going to have the same routine of like, oh, you know, I'm going to open up that cork and I'm going to pour that glass. And I'm going to sense that smell. I'm just going to take it easy, reflect on the week afterwards and unwind. And that's how you change your relationship with it. This is fascinating to me. And uh, I'm sure lots of uh, people who are listening, whether they're watching or listening to the replay or, or here with us live now, um, probably thinking some some of the similar thoughts, whether, whether you drink or not. It's, um, it's an interesting thing how society's whole relationship with alcohol, not just the individual level. And I know from, from my experience, when... Uh, when you don't have an alcoholic drink and everyone else is, uh, people want to know why, and and, and they will always <laughs> ask you, "What's wrong with you?" Yeah, <laughs> are you one? I didn't realize you had a problem. Or <laughs> yeah, or is there is there some sort of issue? Yeah, uh, and so we're we're not necessarily talking about alcohol addiction here. We're just talking about the whole relationship with alcohol in in general. But there is there does seem to be this level to which people who who don't drink at all are, are viewed with some suspicion by those yeah, who do, right? Completely, completely. Yeah, because again, if you look at the way the cleverness of the whole alcohol piece through so much marketing, social conditioning, this creation that alcohol is pertinent. Like, I mean, I'm from Scotland, right? West coast of Scotland. If you refuse a drink, it's an insult. Um, and, um, you know, so, that, so they're all, and, you know, Ireland could be very similar to that. Lots of cultures, China, right? You know, having a whiskey for business. All of those things are, are so intertwined. And, and the thing about it is, is that is what keeps so many people stuck. That's what keeps so many people unable to, to take the, the chance to say, actually, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a shot. And that's really what I discovered. You know, I was like, well, I thought that really there would be all of this negative with taking a break from alcohol. And actually it was all positive mm. um, and it was life changing. So, so the thing is now that we've, you know, reached 80,000 members in 90 countries um, and, um, you know, we've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of people go through this program of all walks of life, all types of drinkers, you all ages, whether it's a student or a granny or, you know, whatever, everyone come through this almost every single person has said the same thing. I wish I'd done it sooner. And I had absolutely no idea what impact alcohol was having on my life. And the majority of people say, this changed my life. You've got to understand that that concept makes me incredibly passionate, right? Mm. Because I know now that if I can just say some words that gets the idea into your brain, hmm, maybe this is the one thing 
Maybe this is the one thing that could turn the heat up in my business this year that could help me deal with all of the obstacles, feel more, res have more resilience, be able to cope with all these stuff. It's like not, not, not alcohol is my coping mechanism. In fact, it's holding me from my coping mechanism because I am my true coping mechanism. If it could get rid of these little niggling health issues that I haven't really been talking about, whether they are irritable bowel syndrome or you know pains, aches, Yes, lots of people have these things like evaporate. I start, I've start standing here like some kind of miracle snake oil guy, like just drink this and all of your life will get better. But this is the truth. So if I could say a few words that would just sow that seed into your brain, you know, maybe, maybe this is thing. And then you'd be like, well, if it only is going to take me, and you've already done a month, so 90 days is really the key. And I said I was going to come back onto that. So let's talk about that. Hmm. What we've found is that most people, the their epiphany so the realization that they're not actually eight out of ten that actually they were five out of ten and they've now shot up to nine out of ten this like wow i feel amazing i feel all this energy i feel clarity i feel all of those feelings which are hard to put into data and people say oh you look much better and oh you look younger and oh your eyes are brighter and things like that that moment for most people comes 40 to 60 days in our challenge. And so many people are out there doing a month and then they're stopping. And right. so uh, my want for most people, if you've done a month, go and do 90 days. It will probably change your life. Yeah, yeah. just seeing a comment from, from Dominic here. Decided not to drop alcohol on several occasions, the longest being two years. Uh, what I found is the restrictions of others, very negative towards me deciding not to drink. Uh, I mostly do uh, drive these days uh, and still question question why yeah, yeah okay. it is crazy dominic great really great point and so we designed when we originally were coming up with the concept of one year no beer it was all around that situation right because if you said i'm not drinking oh i'm thinking about not drinking instantly the bullies would come right they'd be like come on just have one don't be silly and it was like oh you get you get ambushed and next minute you're five points deep so so we were like, how can we create something there in that moment? And that's really what everything about One Year No Beer was designed for. It was designed right. for that peer pressure. When we did our research with Sterling University, it showed that 84% of people had experienced almost bullying from friends to drink alcohol, 60% from colleagues, like 40% from bosses. These are massive numbers. And this is what peer pressure actually surrounds our relationship with alcohol. So what we do is as well in our challenge is teach people how to talk about it. Right, because okay. you're going to come up with this, and yeah. then there are loads of ways to do it. So, for example, there's always a ringleader in a group. Find out who the ringleader is, give them a call in advance, explain to them that you're doing a challenge. Now, the reason why you're not saying, and this might not be re relevant for you, Dominic, it might be helpful. The reason why it's good to say a challenge is that it's got an end date. Because if you don't have an end date, then they think that you're leaving the um, leaving the the tribe. Right. So this comes back to this tribalism. Our tribe drinks. Our tribe drinks. That's what we do. We all drink. Oh, he doesn't drink. He's not in our club. How many of us have heard? Yeah, don't invite him. He's boring. He doesn't drink or something right. like that. Right. We've been party to that conversation. And so that's a big fear for us. Oh, am I going to lose my status? Will people not like me if I don't drink? So so what we've got to do for their minds is give them the concept that this is finite. Oh, I'm doing a 90-day challenge. I'm doing it because I'm going to get fitter and I'm focusing on this. And at the end of it, I'm going to run a half marathon. Wow. Can I get that? Yes. Do I see how it's a beginning and an end date? Totally. Do I understand and believe? Yeah, I understand why somebody would want to do that. And that 
massively reduces the pressure in the moment. So there are lots of ways like that to um, to try and counteract it. It is fascinating to me. I mean, I I, uh, I used to be a smoker, and I know some people <laughs> in my network were like, "Really? Yeah, like, yeah, I did. I used to smoke." Um, but some similar things there, although you know, there's some big different ones as well. Like, we know smoking isn't good, and we generally don't view it as a bad thing when somebody stops smoking. But um, but when you do smoke, and you know, there tends to be, especially in working environments these little subcultures, if you like, of like the smokers go and have a cigarette together and they have these exclusive conversations. I remember there was an episode of Friends that years ago that really uh, that highlighted this. And I think uh, Jennifer Aniston was like pretending to take up smoking so she could hang out with the cool people. It, but, yeah. but it's kind of like that. And, and so there's that peer pressure to not quit because you're going to be out of that little group and you know yep. one thing uh, one thing uh, sort of evolutionarily wise that we all have fear about is uh exclusion of, of being exiled totally. from our from our groups and from our communities you know it keeps people in in all sorts of things uh religions and uh and habits and all sorts of things that they they may be ready to move on from so so yeah peer, peer pressure should never and societal pressure should never be underestimated from that I was just going to say, and and that so I we, we mentioned earlier, and I, I just wanted to as well clear it up. So I drink, I drink as much as I want whenever I want. I just usually don't drink, right? And 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 I think when I look at it, is that what I want to do is I want to remove from everybody that they ever need a drink. You never need a drink. Let's just erase that in entire. You don't need it to relax. You don't need it to unwind. You don't need it to sleep. In fact, it's completely the opposite. Alcohol ruins your sleep. Um, if you're taking alcohol to help you sleep, then I can already tell you a whole list of reasons why that is messing up your life. Um, it is. It is clouding your clarity it's not letting your brain get that restorative deep sleep that you need in order to recover or your body um alcohol inhibits weight loss the liver has to process alcohol out of your system in its entirety before it can process any fat loss so there are loads of things like that where actually alcohol we believe is the solution but it's actually the problem um, and so for me, I also live in today's society, which sometimes there's an expectation. And I was like, you know what, if I want to drink, sometimes I want to drink. That's fine. That is the place I think that we want to put people into. So everything at One Year No Beer is focused on that. How do I help people, first of all, how do I help people realize what impact alcohol is having on their life? Okay. We've done that. We've got the challenge. We know that's incredibly successful. 95% of our members say they change their relationship with alcohol. 87% of people who get to the end of their challenge choose to carry on alcohol-free after their challenge. For how long, that's entirely up to them. But they're like, right. you know what? I'm not ready to go back to drinking yet. Um, this is too good. So we know we've nailed that bit. The next bit is and we just recently launched our um, taking control program, which is to help people either they've done the challenge and they're thinking about having a controlled drink in that again, and this whole structure and process and, and a community around thinking about drinking again. And um, more importantly, how to make sure you get back to alcohol free safety if you slip up, etc. Um, but yeah, that is also the wider piece. I think most people are looking for a better relationship with alcohol. What is a good relationship with alcohol? A good relationship with alcohol is that it doesn't really feature in your life until some occasions. And I'm not even going to say special occasions, because then it sounds like every time you're having a good time, you need to have booze. And that's not true either. It's just nonsense. How many stag weekends have I been to? And I've been the last man standing still in a tech house in Berlin at five o'clock in the morning, going for it without any alcohol. You do not need alcohol to have a good time. So 
once you've unwound all those things that I don't need it to relax, I can relax perfectly well without it, that it doesn't feature in your life. And then you can choose to let it in when you feel like it. So it's a, a re-education, if you like, re-educating ourselves into um, the what we, I think what we generally get presented with, with alcohol, because much, much like with smoking and other things, you, you'll see it in media everywhere. And, uh, you know, it still, still kind of amazes me that like for authenticity and things in like period dramas, I was just watching one uh, last week that was based in the, the 60s, like everybody's smoking. It's like, do, do we really need to have that? We know people smoke. <laughs> do we need to see it all the time on the screen? Uh, but, you know, the smoking, the drinking, the all stuff that um, gets regularly presented as just being being the norm, being the party thing, being the social glue. Being, um, but we don't necessarily consciously think about it in those ways. It's uh, it's, But it's always there as an undercurrent. It's uh, it's part of the theme, part of the context of the situations. And, and that perhaps makes it a bit more pervasive because you don't necessarily pay conscious attention to it. It's no, just absolutely. always there. Yep. It is so ingrained. I mean... I, I, you know, somebody popped up yesterday, today, and said, yeah, I've just done 28-day challenge, I've decided to upgrade to the 365, and I put on, that's the spirit, wink. <laughs> it's so, it's so pervasive into our culture. And, and the thing is, what you what we don't understand, or, or what most people don't understand, this is just like um, practicing anything, really, right? The whole point about behavior change is that the enemy of behavior change is ambivalence. Now, ambivalence is the part where you sweep under the table the pain or the struggles that you're getting from that negative behavior. As an example, I bite my nails, right? And I will ignore or ignore the unattractiveness or the, the, the pain sometimes from biting them or blah, 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 blah. That's all ambivalence. Like, I just keep sweeping that under the table. In relationship with, our, with alcohol, it's, what did I do last night? What did I say? I can't remember. Or, oh, God, the hangover. Or the snappiness with the kids. Or the feeling slightly sluggish. Or not wanting to exercise the next day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ambivalence is the enemy of behavior change because it makes the crap that you put up with okay. Well, the, the opposite of ambivalence is awareness. And so what we've got to do is get really, really aware, truthfully aware. Right? What is really the impact of the alcohol? Do, if I was really honest with myself, do I really feel on top of my game on a Saturday or a Sunday? Or do I feel, you know, is it really, where is it impacting me? Do I snap sometimes or do I make bad decisions or blah, 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 blah. Um, do I am I the weight I want to be, or am I, you know, happy, how happy do I really feel? Because I now that I've listened to that bold guy um, on the John Ball podcast, Points of Change, um, he told me that <laughs> the alcohol is inhibiting my weight loss and and all of those and causing depression, right? Causing me to feel more depressing is um, th those are where you get the real awareness, and the mm. most awareness has come from really separating from it. I, I liken it to like this. Imagine that you are in a, if you are regularly drinking, again, three glasses of wine a week, if you are regularly drinking alcohol, then you are in a toxic relationship with it, right? It is a toxin. It's 100%. It's ethanol, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to go into all that detail because we know that, right? Um, yeah. Ethanol in the, in the hardware store has a skull and crossbones on it. If the real if the alcohol industry was forced to do what the tobacco industry does, there would be a skull and crossbones on your alcohol. Imagine that, right? <laughs> you will feel more depressed. 
Yeah. This is going to make you feel sense of hopelessness. This is going to increase your anxiety. Those are facts. You are going to get cancer drinking this. A hundred percent linked to cancer. It's undeniable now, right? That would be the truth on the labeling. But let's forget about that for a minute because nobody really wants to hear that stuff. That's the, it, you know, my shoes are giving me cancer stuff. Yeah. But, but, but um, I actually lost my train of thought, which happens with the old ADHD brain. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we were talking about, uh, I, I guess we were talking about reasons, reasons to stop and like the alcohol being a toxin. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Toxic relationship. Good man. You are on it. John Ball on the ball. Thank you. Um, so um, the like a toxic relationship, just like an abusive relationship. Why do women stay in abusive relationships? Because they can't see the truth. Right. They, they're, 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 they're hoping onto this other side, these these false beliefs that there's other attractive things that make this pain OK. And that is our relationship with alcohol. Right. And so just like a toxic relationship, you can't see the truth while you're in it. What we've got to do is separate from you. And that and that then once you've seen that from here, you're like, actually, I don't want to let that back in as much anymore. I, I, I you know what? I might only do it once a week or whatever it is for you. And that's really what we're here to to help people see it's interesting I, I you know you mentioned sleep and uh, I, I know I was reading a book and I'm going to forget the title of it now and even knowing the author um but uh, and I don't want to go and look it up right now but it was uh, kind of talking about the, the latest understanding a lot of neuroscience and scientific development and sleep research and one of the things that we're talking about is how uh, about alcohol disrupting sleep and not only does it disrupt disrupt sleep, it disrupts capability to learn and retain information. And it's like, okay, now I'm someone who's really big into learning. I'm a big lifelong learner. I, I talk about books all the time. You know, any, any of my clients will tell you, always talk about book recommendations and things like that. And, uh, and so being able to remember all this stuff is really important. And yet um, I'm, I'm aware that even, even though I don't drink hugely excessive amounts i probably drink <laughs> probably drink more than three glasses a week but um but even though i'm not huge no not, not like a bottle a day or anything like that um it's still having an impact on my memory and my ability my ability to sleep my ability to learn and all these other things that you mentioned as well and and that was a, a sort of a prick of awareness to me of that may be something to look at and uh and, you know so so when we started talking i'm thinking Oh, I think I know that bringing you on my show is going to make me feel challenged as well. But that's a good thing. So, <laughs> We're so, going to come uh, on to that. Yeah. So, so that's that's always a good thing, and I, I love challenging myself as well. And it's finding that piece. It's finding yeah. that piece that resonates for you. Like, like, like your lifelong learning. Now you've read something that sends you that alcohol's impacting your 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 love of learning now now you've triggered something deep inside you which is like well hang on a minute this is not right i didn't sign up for this actually i need to see if this is true and absolutely go down that john because that is you creating the awareness that you need to really really change behavior like the question is 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 my learning going to improve 90 days from now i'll bet you ten thousand pounds i'm doing it live on this thing now that in 90 days doing the challenge if you come to me and say it hasn't improved your learning you can have 10 grand from me right <laughs> that's how much i absolutely assure you you're going to feel that level of energy that level of clarity you can't lie just for 10 grand by the way um and uh, <laughs> I, i'm i'm a pretty honest guy I, mean, things like that. I figured good job i put myself under the bus there so the next thing is is um is it's so for, for everyone 
thinking about this, like I understand that for oh, oh, there were two things in there. One was when you said, oh, I, I, you were explaining your drinking. I could already see that it was triggering something inside you, right? You were like, well, hang on a minute. I don't want my listeners to think I drink too much. And I need to be careful about whether I saved it too. And it's not a bottle a day. That I mean, the, the, the problem with a, with a brown bag, and <laughs> but that, but that's the problem. The problem yeah. is that society doesn't make it acceptable for you to drink or not drink, and we're not being truthful about it, we're not being honest with ourselves. Society isn't being honest, like we can read in the paper about all these people who are drinking too much, but they're over there, right? right. And 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 so that is again what I aim to really crack down on is saying. The, the, forget the blame and the stigma and the nonsense and everything else. I'm just doing a challenge. And really what we want on this podcast, John, is not just you to do the 90 days, which I know you're going to do because you're awesome, but also is to challenge the listeners to say, yeah. this is the perfect time. Like, you know, you're watching this because it's points of change. We understand about moments when our life makes a major shift. This is it. So we now liken it to the keystone, the keystone habit. Right, because this is what we've seen. Al changing your relationship with alcohol doesn't just change your life. Oh, sorry, changing re relationship with alcohol, giving up drinking doesn't just suddenly magically change your life. But what it does is it gives you the tools that you need to really change your life. So the cl clarity, the energy, the the sense of purpose, the alignment with yourself, that that remembering of who you are and what you want to achieve, along with all the, just that extra zest for life, not to mention the time we mentioned and you get all your time back and productivity, that is all the tools that you need to go, right, I'm gonna get on top of my exercise routine. I've been talking about it forever and now I'm really gonna do it. And then, do you know what? I was drinking, here's the big one, because I was bored. I didn't realize that. You know what? When I was 12, I wasn't bored. I was running around having so much fun. And when I was 18, I thought, you know what? I'm going to be X when I'm older. I'm actually going to bring some of that in today because I've realized I've let my hobbies slip. And that's one of the reasons why I'm feeling bored. And I need to bring hobbies back into my life so I can feel passionate about something again. Not just my work, not just my family, but I need a hobby I can feel passionate about. So these are the things that then now all of a sudden you're bringing up hobbies. And, you know, you realize that you need to meditate and you're exercising and you're eating right, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why really this alcohol piece is the keystone habit. Yeah, uh, I think it's really, really important area. And I want to know for, for you personally on, on your journey, how soon did you start to notice differences, improvements? Um, probably two weeks in, I started to feel a sense of um, energy and, and clarity. Over the 90 days um, of doing it, lots started to change. I could feel the fitness kind of fit in. You know, I wanted to, I, I, I mean, I was, I was canceling four out of five personal training sessions um, because I was like, oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, I can't be bothered. I mean, literally, if you're a personal trainer, point them to one year, no beer. They're more likely, well, not at the moment, but you know, they're more likely to show up and actually achieve and have more transformational results if you get them to stop drinking while they're doing your, your training. Um, yeah. So, but then it was on the 90 days, I met up with my co-founder, Andy, and he inspired me to go on for the year. And you know, what started to change for there? Literally everything. So going through it, you know, I started to get very fit. I got down to 10.6% body fat. I ran my first half marathon in 134.40. My marriage was better than it ever was. Our sex life was better than it ever was. Um, I grew my business by 50% after my boss told me I was committing commercial suicide. We were already the market leader. We grew it by another 50%. Do you know why? Every single broker in the industry was pissed or hungover on a Friday, except me. 
So I was faster. I was way more switched on. My brain was totally focused. I was like, right, I'm going to take this business to the next level. I switched up our entertaining. So instead of going down to the restaurant and just getting boozed up, like all the other brokers were, I was like, how can I do good entertainment that releases dopamine that makes us all feel good? I know we'll do a spin and steak. So we'd go with a team of people, we'd go to a spin class, then we'd go for a steak afterwards. Nobody really felt like drinking after exercising. Loads of dopamine, feel good. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, Ruri. You know, normally I go to these lunches and I've just ruined and I piss off my wife and blah, blah, blah. And here I am, you know, getting fitter. And it was way more value. Then I started doing different things. Like we did a, um, um, a sprint relay uh, half marathon around the Olympic Stadium as part of a big group thing. And we started doing cycling races in Mallorca. So I changed how I did the the entertaining and I got way more value of it. I was building longer term relationships with people because I was spending weekends with them on a on a cycling trip rather than just getting hammered during the week like every other broker was. Um, but then when you look at what, so again, what I say about the tools, this discovery was like, now I know that all of these things were causing me to drink. All oh, right, I didn't realize that. So my journey via Tube to a windowless office to a job that gives me no meaning or purpose whatsoever, makes a ton of money, but I just felt miserable. That is actually causing me to want to drink alcohol. Yeah, it is. That is what addictive behavior comes from. And if it's not alcohol, it's porn or it's sugar, caffeine, or it's technology, whatever it is, right? It's please, please, will you numb out these noises I don't want to listen to in my life? Well, when you stop that and you listen to those things, I was like, right, I've got to change this. I can't just suddenly blow up my job. I can't just suddenly leave my wife. I can't change these things overnight. But how do I take those first steps to start changing them? So I bought a Brompton, cycled via Hyde Park every day, cycling through the park. Loved it. I would yeah. go either to the Serpentine at lunch, sit by the water, or I would go into a park almost every single lunchtime and meditate. At the weekends, I told my wife, I have to get to the ocean. I was born on an island surrounded by the sea. And we have to get with the kids to the ocean. So we would drive to two hours to go down to the sea so I could see the sea because I understood that not having those things was causing this behavior in my life. But before that, I wasn't listening. I couldn't listen to myself while I was still drinking. Well, now, you know, I moved to an island, first of all, back up to Scotland. And now we're out in, in Spain, as you said, in Mallorca. Um, have to have a sea view. Uh, there's all of those things which I know help me live a happy life. I think the other one onto that one is, you know, the, the, obviously, the transformation for me was enormous. I mean, the moment when um, in 2017, we sent a, a tweet to a journalist and off the back of it, I got 10 minute feature on BBC World News in over 200 countries. And a friend of mine called me up in Italy and he said, Ruri, I've just seen you on the news. I think what you're doing is amazing. I'm meeting the Dalai Lama next week. Would you like to meet him? And so a week later, I get to sit down with the Dalai Lama. I actually get to ask him a question in front of thousands of people live in Pisa. And then, you know, literally that tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people who are sitting live online. Then random things end up staying at his hotel, which was an amazing experience, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, that is when my life totally transformed. And I was like, you know what? I realize why I was put on the planet and that's for this. And so I went in on Monday morning, handed in my notice as an oil broker. Uh, so far, the worst financial decision I've ever made. Um, but hopefully that will uh, change one day. Um, but the, the, the alignment with myself, living 
with my true what what is right for me you know i was i was never right being an oil broker i don't regret it it was a great time it was wild it was all of those things i met some amazing people some of my greatest friends etc but it just wasn't right for me and i could see how much pain it was causing me pain it was causing even though i thought i was happy and i had it all and the car the house etc it was actually misery um and the alcohol was using to mask that there's a lot there. I mean, we're we're in a time where uh, you know, the time where we're broadcasting this, there, there's lockdowns in the UK. There's um, yeah, not lockdown in Spain, but there's lots of restrictions here. You know, it's all but almost almost a lockdown. Um, but uh, a lot of people have perhaps a lot more time. Uh, I've met like here where I am in Valencia. You, you know, there's no bars and cafes open, and uh, you, yeah. you can't go out anyway. So I mean, people are at home probably with a bit more time on the hands and yeah. I imagine many people perhaps feeling some of that boredom and, and sort of numbing some of that pain of having totally. too much time on the hands well, according to the news friends. yeah uh, so so that's what a lot of people are doing right now whereas I love what you're saying that's like actually there's a, there's an opportunity to handle it a different way and yeah. there's a lot of a lot of things to gain from trying this out this is the other thing is that is that what we've got to do is we've got to step into the unknown, even though we don't know how. Okay. So, so what we're looking for is we're saying, does some of this resonate with you? Are there some, have you thought in the back of your mind, just like I did, you know what? I think alcohol could be causing me more trouble than I realize. I do wake up a bit shirty. It's, you know, I, I, I do feel anxious with all the news and the stuff that's going on in the world. I do, I do really get emotional over those things. I feel like, is this resonating somewhere? Because if it's resonating somewhere, then all you, all you have to do is take the decision, even though I don't know how, right? Because we are the how, right? And, 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 and this is the, the, the main thing. We wanted to create a program where all you had to do was step over the line. And, and so what are, what are the main things that will help you do this? So, so let's say you decide not to do this with one year no beer, but you want to go and do it. Immerse yourself in as much content around this subject as you are. Awareness is absolutely key. You've got to start learning, just like you did, John, looking at that um, uh, piece about lifelong learning from, from a completely different program, sleeping, that started to give you the awareness, right? Okay, so why is my sleep poor? Why is my this? How do I start to understand the areas of my life is improving? Because that awareness will create change. And no better way than starting to read some of the great, you know, um, they call it quit lit, um, quit literature, but there's loads of books, some great authors, um, The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, um, Kick the Drink Easily, et cetera, et cetera, our book, blah, blah, blah. So, so really dive in to start to understand the information. The second thing is we're at home right now, so there has never been a better time to do this. Remember that peer pressure is the main thing that surrounds us. We're right. worried about our level in society. You're at home. There's never been a better time for you to start this process because the early days are the part where you're really fearful, you're not sure, and everything else. So ne there's never been a better time than now. And um, this, the third thing that we, we give, but also you can get yourself, but the most powerful thing is the community. So remember that tribalism, feeling like we're leaving the tribe, You've got to counteract that. If you don't have a tribe to belong to, then as soon as you get out of lockdown and see your friends, they will pull you back into drinking in two seconds flat. 
And so that's why we created a global tribe. You, you'll be absolutely amazed of how supportive and encouraging this tribe is. Think of it like um, sort of cheering people on with pom-poms at the end of the half marathon. That is what we are. Yeah. We're there. And it's not like, you know, problem and stigma and everything else. No, no, no. It's just people going, come on, you're awesome. You can do this. This is amazing. You're on day two. Yes, keep going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think that's where our, our program has been so unique and had such a big impact. Yeah. I almost, the other part I like to liken it to is like, if I go to the gym, I walk into the gym and I'm like, oh, uh, should I bench that? Should I start over there? And maybe if I do 10, five minutes, I'm like, we're overwhelmed. I don't even know what to, to, to decide. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. If I cross over the line to a CrossFit, um, class, then all I have to do is cross the entrance to the to the building. Once I've crossed that entrance, I know I'm going to get really hard worked out, etc. And think of it exactly the same thing at One Year No Beer. You don't know how, but you're here to change your relationship with alcohol. You've realized that maybe alcohol is causing you more trouble than I realize. You're not here to sign, suddenly sign up and say, oh, I was drinking too much or anything like that. You're just here because you want to press that reset button. And then all you have to do is cross the line. I love it. Uh, you know, for, for me, it feels like uh, an optimal time to be having this conversation and to be getting excited about uh, about not drinking because uh, I, I'm also doing a ketogenic diet and alcohol doesn't mix too well with uh, with keto in my experience. In fact, uh, you know, what I've been finding is, uh, you know, I feel I feel a bit drunk on one glass of wine is like it, it hits a lot quicker. Like body doesn't process it, the sugars so well because you, you know, you're, you're trying to train your body to run off ketones. It's like, well, Alcohol on the keto diet isn't a good mix. And so, okay, I, I found another reason. I and, mean, you know, today you've given me another and another and another. And I'm thinking, yeah, I, I can really see it. I, I feel like I'm ready for this 90-day challenge. I actually really Done. want to, I, I want to see what can happen. I want to see what can change and, and what kind of improvements this can make. I want to see if I can improve my learning and my memory and my, um, my, my getting up earlier every day and things like that. You know, there's all, so many things that I think, so okay, this could be a linchpin kind of moment. Yep. It is. This is your point of change, John. <laughs> and and uh, and and this, you weren't expecting that, were you? But I think that what what will be really, really, really exciting. I'd love to come back on and 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 uh, you know and and um, and talk about how you're how you're doing, or you know, at least find out from how you're going because uh, you know I'm really excited, especially the fact that, and I think this is the most powerful part of your story. I want to say to everybody who is an influencer, who has people listening, who has uh, listeners, readers, watchers, this is why you should take this challenge because we have so many people who are quiet, quietly suffering, right? The quietly suffering is all that ambivalence. They're like, oh, it's just what everyone does and this is everyone's drinking and everything else. And what they need is they need somebody who they, who they are watching, listening and reading to to lead by example. That is one of my core principles, lead by example. And I think that that, 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 that is what try, tries to keep me right. So well done doing the 90 day challenge. Does that mean you're starting today? I'm up for it. Yeah, absolutely. First of February, what, what better day could First there of be? Feb. And um, anybody so, else in for it? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I think Dominic's already said he's going to connect with you. Uh, so that, that's great. And uh, I know a few other people who've been tuning into the conversation already thinking about it at the very least. And we'll probably get more from from the replay as well. And, and the episode will be going live very soon as well. So we'll see. We'll see who else comes on board, Rory. But uh, for for people who do want to connect with you and find out more, what what's the best way for them to do that? 
Uh, well, if you want to connect with me directly, then either Instagram or Facebook DM Brewery Fairbairns. Uh, one Year No Beer is oneyearnobeer.com. Um, the Facebook One Year No Beer, Instagram, oh no, Facebook One Year No Beer, Instagram One Year No Beer. That is where we all are. We produce a huge amount of free content. Um, so if anyone's just sitting on the on, on the outside, check that out. Podcasts and things like that. All the podcast is about to be relaunched. Um, and um, yes, great. Oh, Dominic is starting today. So excellent. Uh, Dominic great and John job, Dominic. are in 90 days for today. Um, this is going to be the game changer for you. So I'm excited to see your journey unfold. Yeah, fantastic. We're going to have to bring you back then in around 90 days, Rory, and we'll see how we're going. Brilliant. You can come back and check in with us as well. And uh, Sophie, thanks for, for your comments. Uh, Jules was commenting earlier as well. Thanks for all of you who joined in with the show today as well. We're going to wrap things up there, but uh, Rory, this has been uh, momentous, much more than I expected. It's been fantastic. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm really thank looking forward to my 90-day challenge, and who knows where we'll go from there. Uh, I can sound to get some other people on board with this too. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up very soon so uh, thank you everyone for tuning in uh, share it with please share it with your friends the the live show is going to be up broadcasting the new podcast is coming out soon so look out for notifications for that make sure you are uh, make sure you're subscribed more than anything else and if you're on youtube make sure you subscribe to us on youtube as well find present influence and like and subscribe and click that bell button for all the notifications of episodes that are coming up and everything like that Ruri, thank you so much once again. And let's Thanks, wrap things up for today. Thank you, Thanks everyone for joining else. Us on Points of Change. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please remember to like and subscribe and leave us a review. I hope you agree we've had some amazing guests for our first five episodes. Here is what's coming up. I'm going to be speaking in the next episode to Scott Perry about getting on your creativity. I'm also going to be speaking with Eric Twiggs about busting through procrastination. Anthony Santolinas is joining me to talk about how he helps new leaders to always know what to do next. And my good friend Vicky Wachet is joining us to talk about her journey to becoming a successful property investor and how she's helping other people to create wealthy retirement plans. Don't miss a single episode of that and please support the show in any way that you're able to maybe that's subscribing to the show perhaps it's picking a particular episode that you like and leaving us a review on apple maybe it's sharing some episodes with your friends because the more of these empowering conversations that we get to share the more empowered more people end up being have an amazing day and i'll see you again very soon for another episode of points of change